Section 63 of A Fair Mystery. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Gaby Cowan. A Fair Mystery by Bertha M. Clay. Chapter 63 A Terrible Trial. Early, said Lady Doris, it seems so long since you left me. She was standing in the ballroom with the countess. Her late partner, Lord Vivian, had gone to fulfill his engagement elsewhere. It seems so long, she repeated, and Early, who knew every tone of her voice, detected something unusually sad in it. His face grew bright with happiness that she had missed him. I saw you dancing with a gentleman who admired you so greatly the other evening, he replied. You seemed so interested in his conversation that I never dreamt you would miss me. He has tried me so early, she said gently. Before I can enjoy myself again, I must go somewhere and rest for a few minutes. Where shall we go? Early silently placed the little white hand on his arm and led the way to a brilliantly lighted conservatory, where the rippling of the fountain mingled with the songs of tamed birds. There was no one else in that spacious, fragrant place. He drew a chair to one of the fountains and placed her in it. She drew a deep breath unutterable relief as one who had passed through mortal peril and escaped it looking at her early saw that her beautiful face was ghastly white the eyes she raised to him were dim and shadowed with horror early she said with a faint attempt at a smile i do not look much like the belle of the ball now do i he was full of concern. Not much, he replied. What is the matter, darling? What has made you ill? I have thought so often lately that you looked ill and unlike yourself. She tried to smile, but the expression of her face belied the smile. I never did faint in my life, she said. It is an achievement quite beyond me, but I feel much inclined to do the deed now, early fetch some brandy for me brandy he repeated wine would be better my darling brandy is very strong wine tastes like water she said i want something that is all fire all fire to make me strong be quick early be quick i have to dance with prince pernal before supper i could not be seen looking like this for all the wild world I do not like leaving you alone, said Early. No one will come here, she said impatiently. That is the elixir d'amour, whilst no one will miss us. Go quickly, Early. He bent down and kissed the pale face. Then he went quickly to the buffet, poured some brandy in a small glass and carried it to her. She sat just as he had left her. The white arms had fallen listlessly by her side. 
the white blossoms with the golden bells lay at her feet early thought she looked like some one whose whole strength had been expended in a dire struggle doris he said gently drink this dear she raised her head and drank the brandy as though it had been so much water he looked at her in wonder then the color slowly returned to her face i understand early she said now for the first time why people take to drinking there was something so strange in her manner that early felt almost frightened do not talk in that fashion my darling he said i cannot endure to hear you sweet lips like yours should not utter such words she laughed her lips were quite red now and there was color in her face i can understand it she repeated laughingly when you brought that to me i was almost dead it seems to me that all strength had left me all the life in me was freezing now i am warm living and well the next time i feel ill i shall take brandy he did not know whether she were laughing or not whether she meant the words seriously or not but they impressed him most disagreeably doris he said gravely never do that you are only jesting i know dear and this unhealthy style of life will soon be over for you you exhaust your strength by overdoses of gaiety and excitement do not fly to stimulants to restore it you could not do anything more fatal she laughed of course i am jesting this is a rest to sit here with you lord vivian tired me so dreadfully she shuddered as with cold and laid her head back on the chair how is it early that some people are so disagreeable and others so nice early laughed so happy to think that she called him nice which is lord vivianne he asked oh disagreeable you may be sure of that see how he has tired me but the world in general considers him a very agreeable man said early i do not we will not talk of him say something very loving and very pleasant to me early that will send all tiresome thoughts out of my mind you have no right with tiresome thoughts what are they tell me them he said she laughed but the laugh was a sigh what tiresome thoughts can i have early except that i regret youth and pleasure are not immortal i can have no other say something loving to me early he bent over her and whispered words that brought a sweet bright blush to her face then she stood up now give me my flowers early he did so shaking the little golden bells do i look bright and brilliant again she asked like the bell of the ball yes bright as the morning star now for the prince Pearl and some sugared german compliments she said and they returned to the ballroom the prince all smiles all gallantry all devotion came up to claim her hand early watched her as she danced with him 
she was all smiles and brightness all light she talked gaily she laughed and the prince appeared to be charmed with her early wondered more and more was it possible this brilliant beautiful girl was the one he had seen so short a time before white cold and silent as though some terrible trouble lay over her he saw what universal admiration she excited how many admiring glances followed her he saw that in that brilliant assembly there was no one to compare with her and he wondered at his own good fortune in winning so peerless a creature yet he felt that there was something strange about her something that he could not understand her spirits were strangely unequal one minute she was all fire animation and excitement the next dull and absent he tried to account for it all by saying to himself the life was new to her new and very strange and it was only natural that she should feel strange in it later on in the evening when the brilliant ball was almost over lord vivian sought lady studleigh again i am going to ask a great favour he said it is that i may be permitted to call i have had the pleasure of an introduction to the earl of linleigh i shall be much pleased she replied indifferently so indifferently that he could not possibly tell whether she were pleased or otherwise shall you remain much longer in town he asked determined to keep up a conversation with her i hope so she replied i think london is incomparable i cannot imagine any other life half so delightful you should see paris he said looking earnestly at her yes i should like to see court life in paris i was there as a child but as a matter of course i have no knowledge of french society i was too young to know much about it you must try to spend some time there there is a brilliancy about french society that we do not find in england she looked as politely indifferent as possible not sufficiently so to offend him but enough to show him that she felt no great interest in the conversation he could not find any excuse for delaying any longer but he left her with the determination to see her again as soon as possible the ball has been a brilliant success said the earl have you enjoyed it doris yes she replied i liked prince permal and i liked the duke of Eastman, but i did not like all my partners lord linleigh laughed that is hardly to be supposed he said if it be not a rude question which of them did you ladyship dislike dislike is too strong a word papa i did not care about lord vivian he tired me so much how can people admire him you do not like him said the earl i suppose it does not much matter but i am rather sorry he seemed to take a great fancy to me and pressed me to try shooting with him if you do not like him i shall not she laughed there is no need for that papa 
it does not quite follow that because he is not to my taste he is not to yours does it no but he spoke of calling on us and did his best to make me understand that he wished to be on visiting terms with us why not she asked indolently if you do not like him doris i should never care to see him inside our doors i do not like him as a partner papa perhaps as a visitor to the house i might like him very well indeed he tired me with his incense and questions and compliments perhaps he was very much charmed with you said the earl laughingly i must say no one ever showed a greater desire to be on intimate terms with me than he did i asked him to dine on thursday the bishop of lingham is coming and we shall see if he improves upon acquaintance he seemed to me very polite and pleasing said the countess quietly and then they spoke no more of lord vivian but lady studley thought of him incessantly she had met the greatest effort which was talking to him parrying with his questions assuming a part and carrying it on for some time she had said to herself that the danger was averted that she had no more to fear but she found that she was wrong in his eyes she read a fixed determination to know her a doubt that all her skill had not been able to solve all her talent had not prevented she felt this she understood that although he had seemed to acquiesce in all she said his own mind's suspicion still lingered. End of chapter sixty three. Recording by Gavi Cowan.